This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Metcalf. This week, I'm joined once again by Tyler Rucker, and we just decided to have a little bit of fun. We've done the deep dives into positions, specific prospects. Uh, We've dove into philosophy, and this week, we wanted to take a step back and kind of combine everything we've been talking about and just do our kind of first mock draft on here. And over on No Ceilings, we've done a collective mock draft where we've all sat down and talked through every pick at, you know, for, for, for some of them, a little too long. Um, but for, for this episode, I just wanted to get in and let our personal biases show, have a little bit of fun. Uh, we're going to randomize the order on Tankathon here in a minute. Um, but Tyler, how are you doing? I'm good. You know, I feel like me and you were getting excited to dive you know, dive deep and talk about another slate of prospects. And then we were like, why don't we just have some fun with this? Like we're tired of trying to be smart and talk all these fancy stuff. Let's, let's do a little mock draft. So it all of a sudden, when you brought that idea up, I was like, all right, I got a little extra energy. Like let's get after it. So uh, no, I'm, I'm pumped for this. It's always fun doing these with you. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's just, uh, it, it required very little planning on our part, but it should be a lot of fun and it'll, it'll just be, I think a good exercise now that we're really getting into conference play to start looking at some of these teams and where some of these guys could go based on team need and, you know, kind of where we currently have them on our individual boards. So I am over on Tankathon right now, simming the lottery. And with the first overall pick, since I'm such a gentleman and a gracious host, I will let you take the first pick. Um, Otherwise I may do something reckless and, something they'll get me in trouble with the third pick so with the first overall pick the detroit pistons are on the clock go ahead okay i love how we're just like on the air simulation we didn't even prep this this is going to be just so chaotic and probably going to make like five picks that i have to go back and be like can i change my pick but um detroit number one you know I think there's a lot of directions they could go. I think that obviously the debate for the top three is going to keep heating up, but you know, you, you hinted about getting reckless. I'm going to get reckless. Let's do it. I'm going to say Jabari Smith for, for this exercise. We're going to get a little crazy. Um, We're going to get off the rails. I think he's heating up and, and, you know, we did the previous no ceilings mock and we had Paulo in our first edition going to the Pistons, ironically enough. And I feel like when we got in the war room where we were all talking, it, it, Jabari was was kind of in the back of all of our heads, but he just continues to be really, really impressive. I think the two-way upside might give him the edge when it comes to draft day if he continues to play like this. So 
Yeah, I, I just like the fit for Detroit. You know, you're talking about a floor spacer who can really move defensively, give that team some versatility all over the place, you know, putting him next to Isaiah Stewart and with Cade Cunningham. I mean, I, I just – I'm more intrigued with the idea of Jabari at one to a team like Detroit who could just say, hey, this guy might have as much upside as the other two bigs and Paul Bencaro and Chet. So, yeah. Just because I want to piss you off and we're going to get a little wild, I'm taking Jabari first, and I never thought I'd do it, but I'm just feeling crazy tonight. That's so so I, I actually don't hate that because fit-wise, I, I think that's kind of the best landing spot for Jabari at the top because you know I, I think Paolo is a pretty awful fit there because I want the ball in Cade's hands as much as possible. Um, and I think Paolo takes away from that a little bit, and then Jabari, just the, the defense that to I, I think his defense really complements Cade and then his shooting on offense which is something that team desperately needs and Cade has never played with and I can't wait for him to actually play with a really high level shooter um I, I yeah I, I love that fit all around um he's still not the top guy on my on my board but I get it I'm not I don't hate it it's not me outlandish. too I'll agree with you not, he's not he's not, not number outlandish. one for me yeah um but speaking of number one I I'm going to take the top guy on my board right now uh, with the number two pick, the San Antonio Spurs moving up four spots. Uh, bigger go Chet Holmgren. And I actually, I really kind of love this fit for them. Um, his, abs- I, I think his absurd feel for the game. I just can only imagine Greg Popovich falling in love with him immediately. I think his defense will complement um Jakob in the post really well. I think Jakob's one of those centers where you can play both of them together. And then that way offensively Chet can play a little more as like a four. And defensively he doesn't have to worry about holding his own against some more physical centers um, and can really use his length to be more disruptive as a weak side shot blocker and then connector on offense. And I, I, I really like that fit for San Antonio and for them to get, in my opinion, the best player in this draft is just an, another kind of luck of the draw for an organization who has a pretty solid history of doing that. Yeah, I feel like if if San Antonio jumped to two and Chet was the pick, I feel like it might be one practice before Popovich goes in and says, like, just give me three more years and <laughs> I'll I'll take a pay cut. Like, I just, this is exactly the guy I want. No, I would love that fit. That would be so fun. And I'm like you, that, that is a Spurs type of player. I, I never even thought of the idea of Chet with the Spurs. That would just be fantastic. Um, I love it. Okay, we're off to a good note. Um, all right, so for everyone listening or watching, Ty literally just threw me the order. So I'm literally just, you know, I'm on the clock when I see who's picking. So now I finally got a little bit of an eyeball. Um, Orlando at three. Okay, the Orlando Magic at three. Probably going to take another forward. No, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm going to go Paulo there. I, I just think when yeah, you're there you and with the top three, you have to do it. And, you know, they have a, a stable of guards that they're still trying to figure out. It looks like Cole Anthony's taking the next leap. Um, Jalen Suggs, I still think very high of. I think he's going to have a promising, you know, sophomore leap that we're all going to have to buckle up for. So let's get him. Let's get him some running mates. Let's let's get him a big guy that can light it up in a hurry. And I think Paula would be great there. And 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that one's too fancy. I, I do think – how are you – let's get a little off topic, Ty. I'm throwing yeah. you on the spot. Yeah. How are you feeling about Paulo lately? Do you think he's, he's not buzzing as much? Or is it just because we're too fascinated with Jabari? I just feel like lukewarm about Paulo compared to the early portion of the season. And I thought that was going to happen. I mean, you you don't fall in love with a guy the entire year. You, you keep trying to find people that are going to tease you. So uh, uh, something I've been trying to workshop, but I, I, I'm i like 50% on right now is dropping Paulo to four because I've been pretty – underwhelmed by him um and you know part of that is just him being so good in high school and then kind of looking almost the exact same um i i haven't seen a ton of growth or changes in his game like i have with some of these other guys um i i feel like he hasn't had that huge breakout let me just take over this game and win it um yet i just i i haven't been wowed by him yet and i'm kind of worried about about the defense um I'm not completely sold on the outside shot. I what he does inside the arc, I think, is brilliant with his with how he operates from the mid range. Um, his mid range jumper, I think, is super smooth. His footwork, his ability to get to the rim, all that. I love the craft. I I, I just get a lot of Julius Randall vibes from him, and I'm not sure I want to take Julius Randall with a top one or two pick. Um, you know, even. I, I know Julius Randle was an all NBA caliber player last year, um, but there were a lot of really rough years leading up to that. And this year we've seen him drop off a little bit again too. So I, I get the upside. I get the, the, the ceiling is still probably one of the highest in this class. I I'm just really lukewarm on him recently. Um, but for like for the Orlando magic pick right here, I, I think that, that that's a must pick because they're still in that zone of trying to take home run swings and find that lottery ticket guy. And Paulo is a thousand percent that. And if he does hit that scoring the ball handling, the potential playmaking infused into that roster where they don't, they, they really haven't found like a true, you know, quote unquote point guard yet. I think that combined with Wagner's, you know, really impressive rookie year. I, I think that gives them a really fascinating foundation for a young team. But wh- why why are you lukewarm? Why why are you kind of fading on them? Yeah, and I don't want to get too off topic because we could probably talk about this for an hour. But I, I think what you're – and we haven't talked about this. I haven't really talked to anybody about the No Ceilings crew about this. It's just I have the same vibes as you where it's – he does some stuff that I like hold my breath and I, and I'm out loud what, saying to myself, like, wow, like, and it's, it's like what you're saying. It's, it's the craft, it's the footwork, the explosiveness mm-hmm. with this footwork. I mean, he, he does something every game that you're really like, Whoa, okay. I see it. But then I just keep kind of like, okay, I saw that. I, I need more. And I don't, and I know that sounds weird to say, and it makes me seem crazy, but, I also am like, does he have to be force fed? Are we, are we thinking he's more of like, you're saying like a Julius Randall, I never even thought of, but is he more of one of those, like he's got to get touches in the post all the time. And and maybe that's fine. Maybe a team's mm-hmm. okay with that. But I, I'm like you, I, I just, I don't know what it is. I can't put my, my finger on it exactly, but I just feel like you kind of know what he is. And 
I don't know if he's ever going to be this 25 or, or 20 to 25 points per game guy. He might just be this solid 16 or 17. And that's fine. I'm just saying, like, for yeah. a team like the Magic, that would be outstanding. Because if Suggs takes a leap, you have Cole Anthony. Wagner's been sensational. I mean, that's a couple nice pieces. But I, I, I don't know. I just wanted to pick your brain about it because, you know, I feel like we see eye to eye with some evaluations. And I just can't. I can't put my finger on it with Von Carroll because I really like him. I just don't know <laughs> if I'm taking him first. Like I was in the beginning of the year, I thought, oh my gosh. And now I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like the question's still there. So yeah. that's draft season. No, Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. But uh, enough thoughtful discourse. Um, we, we have more <laughs> shenanigans to get to. So with the fourth pick, the Atlanta Hawks have moved up six spots. And I, I'm I'm doing it. Uh, I'm going Johnny Davis. He is the best guard in this class. I've said that on multiple platforms. Um, And shockingly, I haven't been completely roasted for it yet, which I'm appreciative of the internet, which is a a, a rare occurrence. But I I think everything he's done this, this season has been incredibly impressive. I think his, I'm really encouraged by his, at rim finishing with his use of angles his I think he has really good touch with both hands. His mid range scoring is I think pretty easily the best in the country. I'm encouraged by the outside shot, the defensive effort and, and instincts and screen navigation is all really encouraging. And I think that entire skill set and his approach to the game and willingness to pretty much play whatever role he wants or he's asked to play fits perfectly alongside Trey. And if the Hawks are priming for a blockbuster trade like they may be, um, I think that he also fits really nicely alongside a, a potential Ben Simmons or in Tobias Harris. But if those two come in, that pick's probably gone. But even without those guys, I think he fits in really nicely with Trey Young and the, re- the rest of that roster because of his two-way impact. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. And I, I do think the Johnny Davis train is scorch mode. I mean, it, it is the whole train's on fire right now. That's how hot he is. And I think I even saw Jeremy Wu had a mock draft up today, had him going forth. So I think that's the conversation we're having because he was impressive at the beginning of the year. Now he's been too impressive to ignore. And you were spot on early in the year. Ty, when you were talking like Johnny Davis, this kid has it. And he just, you know, I think our first big board, we had him around like the twenties and now all of a sudden mm-hmm. we're talking, you know, I, I think he was a top seven guy for us. So he's just scorching up and it's now it's the part where it's like, you're comparing him with those top guys and you're like, can he move in front of someone else? Can he move in front of Apollo Mancaro? Because he's just showing, you know, that Purdue performance, he's just showing he, he can do a lot. And I, I'm, Shouts to you because you were on that train early and, and I'm a big fan from the small sample size I've watched. I've just been like, okay, I need to have an evening of watching Johnny Davis. So, um, okay. I'm trying to keep track of these while we go. So we don't get too crazy and I don't no, you're try good. to pick. I, I, I am as well. So if you get okay. lost, let me know. You're up with number five with the Houston Rockets. Okay. So this is like a really weird spot for Houston. Um, in my yeah. opinion, because I kind of hate it. Just took Jalen green. There's guys that I would think you're reaching for. Um, and I still think if you're Houston, you're in a spot where you need to take the best player available regardless. 
even if that's kind of going to bring up an interesting situation in the backcourt. So, you know, I haven't had a lot of time to think of this, so I'm just going to say it on the go. I, I'm going to do J- Jaden Ivey, and I know this is a little wild um, because you're you're putting him next to Jalen Green, who I think needs the ball in his hand, but I just think you're so far away. Like, I love Kendall Brown. I think a lot of people will understand how much I love Kendall Brown. I think taking him at five just because – that's a potential fit might be a little rich. And I, I think Houston's just so far away. You got to just keep adding horses in the stable. And I, I'm still a fan of Josh Christopher, but you know, you get Jaden Ivy. And if he, if you believe he could be a primary ball handler or you believe those two could work, I mean, that's an explosive backcourt to work together. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to be crazy and I'm going to take Ivy. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. Metcalf, where should I have gone? Oh, so I, 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 I think I would have taken a swing on AJ Griffin there. Um, but I, the, the, the oh, athleticism you know in that I'm going off my board. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm going off my board and I haven't moved AJ back up. So yeah, there you go. See, I told you guys I'm, I'm wild already. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just, that, that athleticism with Ivy green Porter and that would probably be the most athletic backcourt immediately. Um, in the league. And I still don't think they would have a point guard, which is really concerning. Um, but I, if, if you do go Ivy there, then I think that's, you have the expectation that he can be that lead point guard, because I think everything we've seen from Jalen green and KPJ so far this year is that they are not. Um, I, right. I think the, there, there's been a lot of encouraging stretches and flashes and Jalen green has been a lot better recently, but I, I don't, think he's that lead guy i don't think he gets others involved well enough um and the the way ivy's able to put pressure on the rim and he continues to prove that he's really adept at finding those spot up shooters uh, out of the driving kick that would kind of be your hope and then you pair that with sangoon as a pick and roll tandem i i think there's a lot of intrigue there but i i I think it's really high risk, high reward. I don't love it. I I personally would I have it. gone <laughs> AJ Griffin. <laughs> I mean, um, you go. My thing with AJ is I I was talking. I was I haven't talked to anybody about this. I was watching like all of his film last night because I was just like mm-hmm. I, I I have a bone to pick with him. And I watched it last night, and I got like ten minutes in, and I was like, oh my! I was like, okay, I see what everyone is you know buzzing about because I was like, my goodness. And then you're just seeing it get better and better because you're seeing the confidence flow. I just think the medical is going to be the biggest swing of all yeah. for his draft stock. I mean, we're talking bull bull status, you know, where it's just every team's going to be foaming at the mouth for his medicals because knee injuries, multiple knee injuries. He could either be a top five pick or he could be someone playoff team saying i don't care what it says he's dropped enough like we're taking him so yeah if i could go back right now i'd probably say that's a better <laughs> fit but um you know i'm on the clock i, I would have gotten fired in two years so that's why i'm, I'm here and not a gm yeah well and 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 a team not averse to taking big swings and being patient with guys is Oklahoma city who have the sixth pick and they are going to go aj griffin um oh so now I, you're just I, rubbing it in my face no, <laughs> Yeah, no, I have to immediately make you regret your mistakes. So I I, I think he, he might have the highest upside 
Um, definitely remaining. He may have some of the highest upside in this draft if he kind of continues to earn more minutes and earns a bigger role um, and proves that he can stay healthy. I, I I imagine him continuing to skyrocket up more of the mainstream boards because I know draft Twitter kind of has him already cemented in their top 10, if not top five, some places. So I, based on pure upside, I, I like the fit as well. Um, positional need, the shooting. I, I think it's just the best route for the Thunder to go. Okay. I'm going to agree with you because I know I've been I've been rambling too long doing the pod with you again. So I'll try to keep this short. Um, seventh, Indiana. Okay. Um, Matherin would intrigue me here, but I have a weird – I'm going to cause some chaos. You caused some chaos with Johnny Davis. I have a weird vibe. So I, I think the Pacers are going to split up. Turner and Sabonis. I don't know which one it's yeah. going to be, but I'm sort of falling in love with a guy and I'm probably going to get a lot of crap from the no ceilings fam, including yourself. I'm sort of falling in love with Keegan Murray. And hmm. I just am starting to see it. And I, this is a guy at the beginning of the year was pissing me off because I couldn't see it. And I was like, I feel like no one's seeing it. So I, I just kept waiting for someone to be like, this guy doesn't have it or this guy has it. And I was like, someone jump in and tell me. And then I watched a little bit and I was like, I kind of feel like I like him a lot. And then um, our boy Evan Wheeler wrote a great piece about him. And I was so mm-hmm. pumped that he took the dive to talk about him. And then I've watched a couple more of his games and I'm like, I, I think I'm seeing it. And I was just like, I like this kid. I feel like he covered, he just presented himself the right way. So you know, maybe the Pacers, you know, I don't like to do mocks off of projected trades, but maybe they split those two up and then makes a bonus the five or, you know what, and bring Murray in. And maybe that's a bit better of a fit with two offensive kind of juggernauts that can fill it up and have some good feel around the you know basket. I, I just kind of am intrigued with Murray's game. He looks like this guy that is going to creep up boards and maybe go a lot earlier than I think draft Twitter or some of us are realizing right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm going there and I'm going to just get crazy now with this mock, like all bets are off. <laughs> no, I, I'm right there with you with Murray because I, I think when we submitted at the time, when we submitted our, our individual rankings for our composite big board, I had Murray at like 23 or something because I was just like, I, I just don't see it with this guy. He's just, he's feasting on this, these lower competition and putting I mean, his advanced numbers were absurd, and I think they still pretty much are across the board. And then, you know, you watch him against a couple, you know, higher teams, and you just don't feel like he's taking over the game. But then you look at the box score, it's like, how, when the hell did he put up 25, 8, and 8? It's like, right. where did these numbers come from? And then it's like, you kind of just start to realize that it's, it's not, he's not going to hit you with haymakers. It's just death by a thousand cuts. And it's a little bit. Yes throughout the entire game and it's like god he's really good isn't he so i i've i've recently moved him up into my lottery i i don't hate that i i think the way he plays fits pretty well with how i i think carlisle would really like him as a player so i i don't hate that um a team that I have absolutely no idea what to do with is the new orleans pelicans who are picking at number eight 
and um yikes they i don't think they know what to do either so don't worry about it it's not just you (laughs) um sorry pelicans fans i'm kidding we just want you to be out of the lottery i'm rooting for you guys uh, man you you offended all 10 of them um stop it they're they're legit <laughs> no, I, I, I want nothing but good Zion. Zion. They're trying to then. figure it all out. <laughs> um, I, I'm just, I'm just going to take what I think is the biggest home run swing here and go Patrick Baldwin Jr. Um, I like that six nine small forward. I the the shot hasn't been super consistent. Um, I think it's there. You look at his mechanics, and he he looks like the best shooter in this class with that height. I really like his passing. Um. I've been pretty disappointed with the motor and overall effectiveness so far this season, but for, I I get a lot of Michael Porter junior vibes. um, If Michael Porter was willing to pass ever. Um, But from a standpoint of just pure, pure upside swing, pure, you know, who has the highest ceiling left right now. um, I I think I'm going to go PVJ. Yeah. I'll be quick. I think, I was more intrigued doing a film dive with PB. I thought I was going to go into it and be disappointed. I was more pleased watching his film and I forget who said it. I think it was coach Spinella at the box and one. I think he said, uh, he said, go, go. If you're, if you're on the fence, go watch his team USA FIBA stuff. And I literally was just like putting that in my oh, mind. Yeah. He, because he, he just wrote a, he just wrote an article article on that. Oh yeah. Uh, so I got to go check that out. So shout out to Spinella. I mean, um, I do think that's a real part of the process because, and people forget like, yeah. Hey, they were creating buzz throughout. Some scouts might be focusing more on that. So I'm still a believer of Patrick Baldwin jr. I for sure am. Um, we are at nine with Sacramento. Shout out Nick, our boy at no ceilings, the Kings. Um, whoa, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, I, I'm getting annoyed when teams have guards that I can't add. Because um, I want – why are we – Mastering just keeps – no, I'm not going to do that to him. Um, I'm taking Kendall Brown. I think that's a okay. good fit for him. Tyrese Halliburton and Kendall Brown together would be so much damn fun because that is just lethal court awareness from your wings. Yeah. Let's keep it at that. I, I like that fit a lot. I'm not going to make it fancy because I can talk about Kendall Brown for two hours and I know we can't do that. So no, um, go ahead. No, I, I, I like the fit, the off ball movement with Hal Burns passing. And um, I, I think it's really nice compliment. It makes Harrison Barnes a little more expendable if, if they decide to actually get some value and move him to a contender. So I, 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 I don't hate that at all um, with the 10th pick. Uh, another team that's kind of on on the treadmill of what are we doing here is the Portland Trail Blazers. I I think I'm gonna go Jalen Duran. Um, I don't love it. I'm uh, been kind of underwhelmed by Duran this year, but the physical profile is absurd. The upside is still really fascinating, and if you really kind of minimize his role, give him an actual point guard for the first time in his life. Um, or I guess at least compared to his Memphis days, he had, he had a, he had some pretty good point guards in high school. Um, they but, all do. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I just think that he provides a sense of kind of interior of rim protection, athleticism that Portland desperately needs. I kind of expect that Nurkic will be gone after this season. So yeah, Jalen Duran, number 10 to Portland. I will say I'm me and you have been eye to eye with Duran the whole year. It seems like, and our boy, Steven Gillespie sent me a clip of Duran today. Cause he was diving into his film and it was literally Duran through like an over the shoulder, no look dime. And I was like, excuse my French for all the children out there. I was like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. So yeah, that yeah, definitely no, he's, got he's my definitely starting like- to, He's definitely starting to show more of that, which is intriguing. Um, he's just still super slow at like processing and like passing on yeah. double teams and stuff. But then it's like, wait, he should still be in high school this year. So I, I just kind of have to keep telling myself that he's one of the youngest players in this draft. And it's like, just, yeah, be patient, be patient. He's a physical freak. There are signs of growth on offense. There are things to work with. So I, I'm not completely out. I'm just underwhelmed. Okay. So I can't do this to you. It's, it's Minnesota at 11. This is your team. No, the, no I, I want to see where you go. No, 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 no. Let's do this for you. And then I'll take, no, oh, whatever. Okay. Um, Minnesota <laughs> at 11. Oh gosh, Ty, we're really getting we're really getting down here ugly. Oh boy. Ooh, this is ugly. Um wow. I had five minutes, right? <laughs> oh gosh. Fine, I know I, what I I, sh- I I have a certain direction I would go, but I am curious to see where, where your head's at, where with what they need. I know what I'm gonna the- do, I just don't like it. Okay. Okay, that's not encouraging. Yeah, it's not encouraging at all. Um, wait, no, I can't go that way. Oh, gosh. Can I phone a friend? No. <laughs> Ew. My problem is everyone I want to take for them is a, is a point guard or a shooting guard. Yeah, so that, that that's kind of the route I would still go. I'm going to go tie tie Washington so I get him off the board and Ooh. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, there you go. Um, fight me. Okay. <clears throat> no, um, you know, yeah, you I know who gone. I – well, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You, I, you, I, I, I would have gone Matherin. We took him, didn't we? No. Oh, well, no, 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 no. no. Canceling, canceling my pick. <laughs> it was it was vetoed. Matherin, I for some reason thought Matherin was off the board because he should have been five picks earlier. Boom, roasted. No, Matherin for sure there. Get him another guy with Anthony Edwards. I don't care. You're just building – a, a nice rotation right there. Um, I think Matherin could be a great little asset. Even I did, do you move Edwards to kind of play a small ball three at times with Matherin then? If um, he hits the ground running? I may, may, maybe eventually, but I think the the main thing is just Death. shooting off the bench because they, yes. they shoot like the third most threes in the league right now and have like a bottom five percentage from there because Malik Beasley completely forgot how to shoot from outside, um, which is not encouraging, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think his athleticism, his off ball movement, his off ball shooting, perfect fit. Um, okay. Sorry for the veto. With, I won't let it happen again. <laughs> with the 12th pick, the New York Knicks, who I, I, I think I'm going to go with who you just said and go with Ty Ty Washington. Um, I, 
I, I think the Kemba Walker experiment has not worked. Um, they still need a point guard long term, and I I've been really impressed with Washington. Uh, I, I he's still not the top ranked point guard for me, but based on what he does and how he would fit into that team, and uh, you know I it sounds cliche, but the Kentucky ties with that organization, uh, I'm gonna go with Ty Ty. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I, I think everyone loves the drool on the Kentucky ties. I think it's just ironic that they all end up there, but I think Ty Ty is trending as probably going to be one of the top point guards in this class. Um, I still have not jumped into that pool yet. I, I'm still just oddly confused at this point guard class. I don't know who I like. So Same. I think that's a good one. Um. My Boston Celtics at 13. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to take Marcus Smart's evil twin, but <sighs> I just can't stand this. Um, it, it gets really muddy once you get out of like kind of the top 10. That this 11 to 30 stretch is, I feel like no, whoever we take at 30 could easily go at 12. Yeah, I mean, you're and wanting to swing here. Oh, my boy just keeps falling, and I can't, I can't take him here because it doesn't make sense. Um, ooh, this is gross. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do it. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I, 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 I don't care. Um, I'm gonna take uh, Trevor Keels to give Marcus Smart an evil twin to run around the whole entire floor. I understand everyone's, you know, not sold on keels when it comes to the draft world i know a lot of people are like oh, he's inconsistent he had the big first game what has he done since i just think this guy makes plays i i think he's a pest he's a game changer without having to score i think he understands how to play and plays with contagious energy and passion and you know boston just needs to keep getting guys that can help this team and, and i know people are like well Celtics fans listening are going to be like, we need shooting. We need, it's like, okay, well, you're in a spot right now. You, you know, just like Ty said, you're in a range where things are going to get a little hairy in this draft. I mean, that's kind of where you're, we're looking for guys to climb up and cement their stock there. You know, that's where a lot of the movement's happening. So I'm just really high on kills. Um, I know some people have had them in mock drafts at like 20 and stuff, but I think NBA teams are going to be bigger fans than, uh, the draft evaluators out there because I think he just does a lot of stuff that can stick out and help and a lot of upside. So go ahead, Ty. <laughs> I, I love your enthusiasm about it. <laughs> I'm just, now I'm struggling. I thought this was going to be fun. And now I'm, I'm, I hate every pick and <laughs> not, not study for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, to, to round out the lottery, the Washington wizards at pick number 14. Oh, um, could go Tari Eason. I could go Agbaji. Uh, that seems I almost to be a went Agbaji for some people. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with a guy who's been playing really well recently, who me and you have talked about on the side quite a bit. Um, and that is the freshman shooting guard from Michigan State, Max Christie. Um, yes, Ty! The shot is starting to really fall. Uh, the mechanics are still the same. 
his shot is absolutely gorgeous. I love how he moves off ball. I think he's a really good cutter. I think his ability to relocate on the perimeter just is second nature to him. And then I've been really impressed with the improvement of his defensive footwork. Uh, To start the season, I thought it was really sloppy and kind of lazy, but these last this last month it's been really good and his on-ball defense has significantly improved so gonna take a bit of a swing and go with max christie well i I think that's me and you might be the only two people in the world that haven't sold our (laughs) stock i think we were buying more or nathan's probably on that with us but i think we're starting to see it it's coming around and and i've been so impressed lately with the confidence is finally kicking in and and you see what we were hoping to see early in the year. So, you know, it's just the stretch where he had a rough couple weeks and now all of a sudden couple good games and all of a sudden he's just a new player. So I'm like you, I still think there's, I think this is the guy that we're saying we need that range gets slippery. We're waiting for someone to come put their stake into the ground. I think Max Christie could be that guy that starts heating up. Um, 15 is technically going – it's the Lakers, but it's going to Memphis. Yep. I can't take it anymore. I'm taking Jaden Hardy. I think this would be the Grizzlies just laughing their ass off because they'd be like, okay, yeah, give us another guy. Like, just throw him in there. We'll just bring him off the bench. You know, behind Desmond Bain, we'll we'll get the best out of him and develop him slowly. I think he'd be a great, you know, early contributor off the bench with – his outside shooting and you don't have to make life miserable for him. And I, a lot of people are, you know, slandering him because he was supposed to be a top five pick and he's in the G league struggling. Well, it's like, he's starting to believe right now. He's starting to put some performances together. So I wanted to take Hardy way earlier, but you just keep running. This happens every year is you just keep yeah. one guy falls. So yeah, I, I think Hardy at 15 would be sensational value, especially for a team like the Grizzlies. Yeah, Hardy's still one of these guys where I just I don't know what to do with because I, I see the shot making, but then I'm underwhelmed by the kind of athleticism and the lack of ball handling. Um, but I've been really impressed with his willingness and improvement in passing, especially once he you know kind of beats that first line of defense and once he's in the paint, I think his ability to create for others and there has improved dramatically. So for pure kind of upside on a team that's looking to kind of contend. And we saw them take that home run swing with Zaire Williams last year. Um, I, 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 I don't mind that by any means. Um, with the 16th pick, the Oklahoma city thunder via the Clippers. Um, I, I'm going to take one of, uh, draft Twitter darlings. Um, I'm going to go with Tari Eason from LSU. And I think that this makes Darius Baisley much more expendable. I think it makes uh, Kendrick Williams much more expendable. Um, And the kind of just one-two punch of Robinson Earl and Eason, the kind of change of pace that they can throw at you at the four position there, I think would be pretty interesting. Eason's defense has been really impressive. His at rim finishing is obviously what jumps off the screen at you. So based on upside, based on fit and just kind of team building, I'm going to go with Tari Eason at 16. So I got Denver at 17. 
And I think this is the part where you could start falling in love with some guys that, you know, might be a little earlier, but I think this is the range where go get your guy is what I always say. So I think this is a very interesting range for someone like that to sneak up. Um, I had an idea of someone I wanted to go with, but I'm going to go a different direction here. I'm going to go uh, a little bit of a shocker. I'm going to go with Ochai Abaji. Okay. Is Ochai Abaji? Ochai. I'm going to say that wrong 35 more times throughout <laughs> draft season. What is it? Say it to me once. Ochai Abaji. Ochai Abaji. Okay. I just think Denver's in a spot, you know, they've had a couple of years where Denver's always done a good job of, They'll go take guys. They'll take risks and stuff. Like I also think this is a spot where they need to get some contributors, some specific pieces. And, you know, Abaji is going to get the upperclassman tag. I think that's a nice range for him where if he landed there, like they know exactly where they're going to get. They're going to get this 3 and D type of player that can help on the wing. So I think that's – I'll keep it short and simple. I think that would be a good pick for them. I had a couple guys I wanted to go there with, but I think Abaji – you know, around that range would be nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I've loved Ibaji since his freshman year, um, and just the, the 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 way that he's transformed his entire game and improved across the board during his time at Kansas, I think, is really encouraging for whatever NBA team team decides to take him because I think he can fit into pretty much whatever role that you need from him. Um, but with the 18th pick, the Toronto Raptors who uh yikes um <laughs> we're getting ugly folks this is uh, this, See, is, this really is really ugly i kind of hate everyone on the board right now um <laughs> it's pretty bad i mean i i'm just gonna bs to give you some time but it, that's why this is this was a fun idea until we get to this range and then it's just like mental warfare because you just keep looking at guys and you're like eh, eh. yeah i mean i i, I kind of want to go Caleb Houston but the way he's been playing or not playing I guess um has been pretty disappointing so I'm not even sure he comes out at this point um do they really need a point guard I don't know I don't love the centers at this point or do I Mm. you gotta get someone that could team up with the Toronto Raptors mascot and that's the best joke I'll make this week. So thank you guys. I appreciate you. What a terrific audience. Um, no, I could go Jeremy Sochan, but that, that, that feels a little too on the nose. Um, you know, well, I, I'm, I'm going to go instead with Dyson Daniels. That's a good one. Um, I wanted to take him a couple I, spots earlier. I think that's a good one. I'm still not completely in on uh, Daniels. I'm, pretty underwhelmed with the, the the shooting has been bad. I, I really, I really like his passing. The on-ball defense has been really impressive. I think he's a pretty good at-rim finisher, Um, but with his kind of defense and size, I think he's one of those guys that you can probably fit into a rotation with a really clearly defined role um, from day one and gives them just a little extra depth at point guard. So yeah, Dyson Daniels at 18 to Toronto. This is getting ugly. I just made fun of you, and this is getting ugly. All right, I'm going to do it. Just because I mainly don't want to think about it anymore. Um, Dallas Mavericks are on the clock at 19. Jean Montero. 
I'm going to get him off the board, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it's only fitting that Dallas takes an international guy, but I do think Dallas needs a point guard. Let's get him someone. I know they have that, you know, that, that six, eight guy or six, nine guy. That's pretty good. That rhymes with, you know, Buka, but um, I do think just Montero gives them a nice little weapon with some upside playmaking, some lethal speed, shiftiness. Um, I just like that fit more than some of the other guys that are on the board. I, I think that's, I don't like the draft for need, but I do think Montero's value around 19 is probably too juicy to pass up. Yeah, I, Montero is one of those guys that I I don't know what to do with, and I really wish he wouldn't have gone OTE. It's it's one of my least favorite viewing experiences. Um, you got to mute it. I've been – and I, well, yeah, I, I, I do within about two seconds. But just <laughs> even like the, the style of play and the, the level of competition, it's just – and they're still basically – and they're high school kids, and he's still making a ton of on-ball mistakes and really underwhelming playmaking. but if you bring him in and he's more of this kind of scoring guard role, that's more off ball, then I I could see a little, you know, higher ceiling for him, especially early on um, where he's not taking on those primary duties because those are Lucas. And I don't imagine him being this off ball dynamo anytime soon. Um, And then long-term it gives them a little Jalen Brunson insurance. If he goes out and gets paid, like I expect he's about to, but with the 20th pick, uh, the Atlanta Hawks are on the clock yet again. uh, Thanks to the Charlotte Hornets earlier. I took Johnny Davis at four for Atlanta. And now I think I'm going to go with, um, I, I think I'm going to okay. go with Walker Kessler. Whoa, it's pretty big reach. Um, but I it love this. Shock, it wouldn't shock me if Capello gets moved. Um, their defense has been pretty atrocious this year, and Kessler, I believe, has the highest block rate in the country. I think he's one of the best shot blockers in this draft and in the country currently. Um, I think he's a pretty skilled um, vertical spacer as well and lob finisher. And he's expressed the desire to space out and be a shooter. He hasn't shown really any of it uh, so far this year, but he has made that pretty clear of, or that he's made that desire pretty clear in the past. So given his rim protection, his vertical spacing, and, you know, may- maybe one day he develops an outside shot. I, I think that fits pretty well with what um, Atlanta needs. Yeah, I, I I I think – I forget who I was talking to about this, but I do believe that in every draft there's always, like, a big that can climb in a hurry and sneak into the end of the first round. And – I do think Kessler's scorching so much right now that I do think there's a realistic chance that he could be one of those guys that goes around the late first. So, um, because you're, if a team falls in love with you and you can potentially be a early rotation asset, especially defensively with his shot blocking, I like that fit. Um, I got Philadelphia, um, 76ers at 20 or no, 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 wait, you took, 
Atlanta. No, you're, I'm you're sorry. Cleveland at 21. I have Cleveland. Cleveland rocks. I'm sorry, Cavs Nation. Okay. Oh, well, this is way more exciting. I thought I had Philly. <laughs> I was having a a little bit of a headache. Um, yeah, no, I get to have fun with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, ooh, this is actually really exciting. Who am I going to give Cleveland? The Red Hot Cavs. I'm going to give them something a little... No, no, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm probably going to piss you off. Um, I'm going to take Bryce McGowan's for the Cleveland okay. Cavaliers. Let's just keep building the depth on the wings. Um, I need to watch McGowan's a lot more, but from what I've watched him briefly, it looks like a very exciting talent when it comes to his offensive weaponry. You know, he's kind of slithery in the lane and... Um, I know I've talked to a lot of you guys at No Ceilings. You guys are very high on him. So, you know, I know Nathan is especially. So I, I, I just – I think that would be some good value if you're getting a lengthy wing who can fill it up with size that you could kind of bring off the bench early on for the Cavs. And, yeah, keep building that depth. Yeah, and I, I don't hate it. I, um, McGowan's hasn't shot well so far, but I, I think the mechanics look really good. Uh, I, I think a bigger issue is his shot selection. Uh, hopefully that's just a symptom of being on a pretty mediocre Nebraska team. Um, but I've been pretty concerned about how he just kind of drives without a plan or takes some really bad pull up jumpers. Um, but, you know, we, we, we've seen that corrected in the past. And if the mechanics are that good, which I kind of think they are, then I, I, I don't hate it or I'm not as concerned as I would be. Um with the 22nd pick, the Philadelphia 76ers are on the clock. And there's obviously the the elephant in the room that is Ben Simmons, which I expect to be to, to be addressed in the in the next couple weeks uh before the trade deadline, but that is then this is now um god, I I'm going to go Nikola Jovic. Um okay. A, a little forward depth, a little shooting um yeah and I, I i don't love it I, I i know nick over at no ceilings would have taken him in the top 10 um but yeah do, do, do you have any hot burning desire for nick nikola Jovich? do you do you th- are you as high on him as say nick or some others were coming into the season or where, where are you at um i was probably higher on him in the beginning of the year Everyone I've asked around the league that has a lot of ties overseas, everyone was excited, but it's just the roller coaster of inconsistency. And now he's started to play. He's had a nice little stretch of games. You know, I I just did my recent article about my foreign relations piece on no ceilings about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, he loves the outside shot. It's pretty. He's got a good stroke. There's really serious flashes of playmaking. He's got great size. He's 6'10". He's super young. Like, all of that, you're checking boxes. His, like, first step um, worries me because he doesn't mm-hmm. really get anywhere with it. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, he yeah. doesn't have that burst and that – like, he needs to almost, like, double his first step. It's almost like it's kind of short – and I just don't really see him explode off the bounce. So that worries me because I'm like, hey, you're, you know, overseas Serbian League's really good players. I'm not right. downplaying that, but you're coming over to a league where that's going to be a different galaxy. So 
that's the only thing I'm worried about. But I also think he's still learning how to use his body. So I do think I, I understand if he ends up being like a late lottery pick, mm-hmm. I just think he's trending more towards like a 20th, you know, late teens, early twenties pick that you're hoping you can just be patient and develop because I think he's going to need some time. I mean, you just, he needs to learn how to use his body. He needs to fill out his frame. Um, but I do like the tools, but I, I don't, I'm not a lottery guy with him yet. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> but I, I do think there's just a lot of questions. Um, now you got me too focused on Jokic or Jovic. <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks at 23. Um, I'm going to get him another Milwaukee Bucks pick. And this might shock you. I'm going to take Christian Braun. From Kansas. Oh, love it. Yes. They got Jordan Mora. Yes. They got Jordan Mora two years ago. Um, He's developed into a nice piece. I'm getting him another smart guy off the bench. Um, I don't know what the heck's going to happen with DiVincenzo. Let's just get him another guy that can play and space the floor and knows how to cut. And um, it's weird. I'm a huge Christian Braun fan. And I feel like I've seen him in a couple mainstream ones that like people don't even have him in the top 60. And I'm like, excuse me? Like what, what, what has he done in the last month that you dropped him from, you know, 32nd to yeah. 68th. I'm like, what's going on? So um, no, I still think that's an absolute NBA pick. And I think end of the first round, a team like Milwaukee, a playoff team is going to jump all over a guy like that. Yeah, no, I, I have Brown as a first-round guy. I love his off-ball movement. I think the drop in outside shooting is more of a symptom of defenses really being keyed in on it and running him off, and now he's showing that he can do more attacking closeouts and passing and cutting and doing all, all that kind of stuff, which I think is really encouraging, and then he'll get the the required white guy tag of sneaky good athlete. Um, and yes. once, once you see him yam on a guy, it's all of a sudden, not that sneaky. Uh, he's a really good athlete. Um, so yeah, I, I love, I love that pick for Milwaukee. It makes kind of their, how they want to approach and pain and keeping guys like Connaughton or Grayson Allen or DiVincenzo around. It makes that decision a little easier. Um, but for a team that's in a completely different development period as a franchise, the Houston Rockets are on the clock with the 24th pick. And I think I'm going to go with Jeremy Sochan here. Um, give them a little forward depth. I think I absolutely love his rebounding, his overall feel for the game. I think he's a really good passer, especially for that position. And then just his team defense has been really impressive and just the way he understands the floor and, always kind of seems to be in the right spot. I'm a little underwhelmed by the shooting. And if that doesn't really come around, I'm not entirely sure what he is on offense, but he kind of reminds me of a thicker Jared Vanderbilt um, with how he rebounds and passes and just his overall energy level. And I, I just think that infusion of kind of basketball IQ and team defense, which that team is in desperate need of um, fits pretty seamlessly for that team. Okay, so I have a question for you. I'm not going to go too crazy because I know mm-hmm. we're we're getting off. I don't want to get too off track. But Sochan's one of these guys. I have a list always of like, okay, make a note. I need to watch him. Make a note. And mm-hmm. he's one of the top guys on my list. I've watched him briefly. 
and I just have to pick your mind. Is he? He seems like he's this high ce- high floor guy, like yeah. almost like a safe complimentary piece. Um, is that just teams are going to be drooling over that? Where it's like we know what he is, or do you think there's multiple levels that he's just waiting to like? discover with his game that he's just a really smart like complimentary piece you know what i'm trying to say like a glue guy yeah. almost yeah so i i i think that I, I would be shocked if he's not just a quality rotation or like starting forward um at some point low maintenance I, guy kind of yeah like he, he doesn't need yeah. the ball he keeps the ball moving on offense he crashes the boards really well and then just really smart um fundamentally sound defender he's not the best athlete but the way he moves his feet and just kind of how how he moves instinctually has been really impressive um the the next level for him i i i I hate always going to it but it's really true is the shot and does that shot come around he's all and he's 35 percent on two and a half attempts a game from three which isn't bad um but i'd like to since he's only really going to be just a, a catch and shoot kind of standstill shooter, um, I'd like to see that percentage a little higher. But if he bumps that up and then can really make defenses, you know, execute long closeouts on him and then attack and then pass and create out of that, then that that's like that extra extra level that I'm assuming people who have him in like their top ten, which is still a little rich for me. Um, I'm assuming that's what they're seeing with his, you know, potential. Okay. Thank you, sir. I appreciate yeah. that. That was really helpful. Um, I'm on the clock with the Miami heat. Correct. Yep. At 25, 25. supposed to go to Brooklyn. It's going to Miami. You know, I want to go with a guy that's been on up on my board for a while. I'm not gonna, so I'm going to get a little crazy. I'm going to go Mark Williams here and give Bam a nice little bench asset. Um, You know, all of us are always eager to give the Heat more shooters, but I do think, I think they took Precious Achua a couple years ago with the idea of giving Bam some young depth with upside. And I think, you know, obviously that didn't work out or they just traded for Kyle Lowry, but um I like, you know, this is a good value for them to kind of almost go back to that well and try to get some depth that, you know, has some upside. It can keep Bam fresh moving forward. And I do think Mark Williams, there's a couple of bigs around that area that have the defensive upside. And um, I like that fit. Although yeah, I'm going yeah, to take that. one guy. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't mind that. I, I think it provides a, a – good level of rim protection. Um, I've, I've made, made it well known that I'm a huge fan of his footwork overall, but with the 26 pick, the Memphis Grizzlies are yet again on the clock. Uh, thanks to the Utah jazz. And I think I'm going to add to their kind of wing depth. Um, it's a guy I'm not super high on, but I know a lot oh, of other you're gonna, people are, uh, you're going to take this Mar- Marjan Beauchamp. Um, I was just going to take it. Yes. Why so, aren't you high and, on Marjan? Talk to me. T- tell me why. I, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I honestly don't know. It's the, the shooting underwhelms me. Um, I feel like his defense has been a little inconsistent, but just sell me on him. Why should I be higher? 
I'm going to throw some names out, and I'm not saying he's there, but I think this is the type of player he is. Um, I think he's a wrecker, like a wrecking ball. I think he's like the – now, like what I just said, everyone listening, I'm not saying he's these guys. I'm saying this is his type of play. I think he's like Sean Marion, Gerald Wallace, just like I'm going to – mess stuff up in this game and help our team in any way possible. He just comes out of no, he's one of those just high effort. Like I have to make an impact and help my team. How can I do it? I've seen too many possessions where he's weak side and just crashes out of nowhere and keeps the possession alive. He's a garbage man. He cleans up, Like guys are watching for rebounds. He flies out of nowhere, tips it, goes right back up. The shot definitely worries me. Um, I still think there's some fine-tuning with the defense, but I do think he plays so damn hard that it's like if he just gets a coaching staff that kind of shoves him in the right direction, I think he could just be such a nice, you know, asset early on as like a specific just like get in there and go crazy and make extra effort plays because I think that's what he's going to do until the rest of his game comes on. But – Every time I watch the G League game, he does some stuff that I'm like, this guy, I, I like the way he plays. So Memphis would love yeah. him. He, that is a Memphis <laughs> player right there. Yeah, no, no, I, I think he'd fit right in there. And it, it may just be a thing where every time I watch the Ignite, I'm more keyed in on Hardy and Scoot and just trying to figure out what those guys are. And I going forward, I I, I do need to, to pay more attention because I, I believe on – the the mock draft that Sam Vecini and Matt Penny just did, I think they had him go like top 15. Um, so I, yeah, I definitely and- know that there are people super high on him. I, I just haven't quite gotten there yet. I, I don't dislike him. I'm just not fully bought in like some people are. He's definitely a wild one. I, I, I do feel like Daniels, um, Bochamp, those are the guys that they're all over the place. I mean, I think Jeremy Wu had Daniels going ninth today. And you just, it's just crazy up and down. So um, those are going to be some guys where you're, you're either in or you're out. It it seems like you're either a big believer or you're, you're selling stock. Um, Okay. I have Memphis again. Mm -hmm. Memphis just giving Sam Presti a run for his money. No, 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 no. Um, Or they do. And they just, try to see if they can play six guys instead of five at the same time. Um, oh gosh, my board's the, pre- I just hate looking at Caleb Houston and not giving him. Ew. Um, you took, okay. So this is important. Yeah. Who do we take with Memphis already? Cause I'm not going to see, we're being smart here for everyone listening. I'm not just going to keep taking like the same position over and over again. Um, I am kind of actually blanking on who I took. Oh no, no I got <laughs> there first. Um, Memphis went. We're we're doing a quick little rewind. Memphis went. I had him at oh, yeah. fifteen. Oh, I gave him Jaden Hardy, and then you, you just yep. gave him Bo Champ. Ooh. Um. My problem is I love a lot of players on their roster already, so I don't want to keep doing. Ew. All right, fine, I'll do it. Um, I'm going to give him J.D. Davison. Um, no. And they're going to have the best backcourt of hair in the entire NBA <laughs> with John Morant and J.D. Davison. 
my thing with Davison is I can't figure him out because I talked to Nathan about this early in the year. I get horrified about super athletic point guards in high school that are still needing to figure out the rest of the game because it's just such a tough position. And you see the flashes with Davison and, and you're really intrigued because he just, he's got the length, he's got the frame you want, the measurables, he jumps out of the gym, but I still think there's a long way to go. So, you know, if he, got, if he, if he's there, maybe Memphis is saying we're going to develop him. That's another, that's another talent. Just throw him, throw him on the list, throw it, throw it in the arsenal. So yeah, I'm going to be ugly and go JD Davis in there. Yeah. And I'm kind of the same boat with you where it's like, I, I, I get the potential. I get why people are buying in. I just, I can't get there. Um, yeah. He's just, I, I, I still think he's probably a first round talent, but just kind of barely for me. But if you had the, a quick debate, shot yeah, yeah. just shot out of the gun, quick debate, and then we'll move on. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, please. if you had to pick Kennedy Chandler or JD Davison right now, who are you picking? Uh, Chandler, okay. I'm, uh, and I'm there based too. on my rankings, <laughs> based on my rankings, I'm there it's too. about like a, a 12 spot difference. So, and no one else Wait. is there with us. Me and Tyler <laughs> are like the Spider Man meeting with our players that we still believe in. Yeah, and yet uh, he may not even go in the first round of this mock draft. I but... know, and I, I it. <laughs> it's, it's so me off. with twenty eight, the Chicago Bulls. Um, I think they need more rim protection, so I'm going to go with your boy Christian Coloco. Um, I think he's just, I, I, I think his best role in the. I, I don't mean this to sound like an insult, even though I know it will. But I think You're his best say role right in way. the in the NBA is to be that backup big who's in there to do the little things, protect the rim and finish offensive rebounds and lobs. And I, yep. you know, that, that, that rim protection off the bench is something I think they need more of. Um, so I, th- there isn't really that high rebounding, you know, physical defensive power forward at this spot. Um, so I think Coloco's the next best, next best thing for them. I think Coloco needs to be a rotation big that lives in the weight room for two years. Mm-hmm. And maybe all of a sudden you just hit gold and you're like, like, maybe you have, you hit gold and you're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. We, we, we might have like a, a guy that we can have as a starter for, you know, pennies on the dollar or something. I, I don't know. I just think, yeah. There's a lot of upside there still. Um, I like that pick. This is where I'm getting ugly. Okay, so I have the Golden State Warriors at 29. Um, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm taking Hugo Bessids going to the Bay Area. Oh, Let's get crazy. I love it. But I don't care. Um, I I just love Hugo. I've been staring at his name for the last couple picks. I, I know the Warriors could go a couple of other positions, but the idea of just adding a, another microwave off the bench, um, Jordan Poole and Hugo becoming best friends and getting a place <laughs> together in the city. <laughs> um, I Being serious, I really like what Hugo does on the basketball court. He's, he's been exactly what I was dreaming of this year within the NBL. Very talented I'm still trying to figure out what his role is going to be because I talked about this with Nathan on our last draft deeper episode together. He almost reminds me of like 
he has the Tyler Hero vibes, but it's almost like he's the smaller one that does more damage and pick and rolls. So I, I'm still trying to figure out, like, is a team going to draft him to just be like, okay, you're an off-ball guard, but when you're in the game, we want you to run pick and rolls because that's where you're at your best. Is someone thinking he could be a point guard? Like, I still have to figure out what I'm, you know, what what rabbit hole I'm going down with that. But I just, I think that's a guy that you add that to the rotation, that could be something special. You know, that he plays with grittiness and he's a, He's a tough SOB. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm getting crazy. Go ahead and finish her off. So with the last pick, the Oklahoma City Thunder via Phoenix. And so I could go Kennedy Chandler, who I still think is the best point guard in this draft. I could go Caleb Houston. Um, I could get real crazy and go Taryn Armstrong, who I think is the most fun player in the country right now. Uh, shout out to the Australia contingent. Um and just speaking of reality shows with two best friends moving in together, him and Josh Giddy. I mean, come on now, it sells itself. They would have to move the team to Australia. That would, <laughs> would 100% have to happen. They have to move the team to Australia. Um, I, so just based on roster spots, based on taking that home run swing, um, I think I'm going to go with Hugo Besson's teammate, Usman Diang who I've been wow. really underwhelmed by. And, I, you know, he's kind of plummeted across draft boards. But I think they'll still be able to stash him for a year, maybe more, or just bring him over and let him ride the bench and practice and kind of le- learn in-house. But the, the physical tools are there. I think there are flashes of this really smooth kind of ball handling shooter score. Um, so I, I think there's stuff there to work with. It's just going to need a lot of work. So Usman Diang to round out the first round. Okay. <sighs> that was I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Just a little Please. vent sesh. So we just went through 30 picks. I know we're about to be over an hour. So thank you everyone to still listen to us. I promise this next little quick segment's going to be worth it. We had 30 picks. Obviously you're going to have some guys on your board that didn't get selected. I have a feeling we have the same ones. Is there anyone you think could creep up into the first that you're just not there yet? Because like one guy for me is Harrison Ingram from Stanford. Mm. Um, feel like it's a name, a name buzzing, you know, freshman forward, good size. He just had a big performance um, against USC. I'm just not there yet. Um, I don't know. I haven't talked to you about any of these guys. I'm kind of saying this is an open mic. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone like that, or have you watched enough of Ingram? Like, I still have to watch way more. Um, just the brief. Yeah. So, I, I've seen very, I've only seen a couple games of Ingram, but I know there are a lot of people who are super high on him. Um, I was really impressed with just his overall feel for the game. Um, again, underwhelmed by the shot, but the basketball IQ is there. Just the ball never stops with him. It's just he knows how to play basketball, which I enjoy out of basketball players. Um, I just like looking at the guys who we picked uh, the guys who I don't currently have in my top 30 are Usman Diang, Mark Williams, Walker Kessler, Coloco and Beauchamp. Um, So, and I guess technically all of those farther outside of that, it wouldn't shock me if Wendell Moore and EJ Liddell went first round. Um, But then real, Real wild card out of left field, uh, Musa Diabate, who 
I I need you to. T- you're a Michigan guy. I need you to talk to me about Musa because I I have not watched. A, I've watched two games, mm-hmm. and I feel like there are some people that are in love with him. Um, so I I need that. You got to have to sell me one more time. Sell me this. Yeah, Shout out Corey and Albert. <laughs> So he, he he's a he's a tough sob and plays yeah. like it every second he's on the floor and you you if you're defending him you're gonna walk away with a lot of bruises because he is constantly crashing the boards he will post you up he will drive through you he will try to finish over you um I I think there's a lot to be intrigued by defensively but he's still really raw and it kind of looks like he's never like really like been coached at a super high level on that end of the floor. Um, and then the other thing is just the shot. And I think he looks a little more comfortable from like 15 to 18 feet. than when he fully stretches out to three, it still looks a little awkward and like kind of forced, like he's placing it um, that the smoothness and his mechanics aren't there, but the rebounding, the effort, the defensive potential. Um, I, I, I think it wouldn't surprise me if he has a strong, end of the year and Michigan kind of turns things around a little bit and he gets in some workouts. It wouldn't surprise me if there are front offices who really get blown away with how hard this kid works and um, you know, that they really think they can develop him into something special because I, I think the foundation for it's there. Okay. Okay. Is he like raw with, is he, I can't believe I'm going to use this analogy. Is he like a bull in a china shop where he's just going crazy and he doesn't really have a sense of like awareness or is he just needing to the game to slow down? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, no, it's definitely definitely the latter where he's just at full speed all the time where it's pedal to the metal and he needs to learn how to, you know, shift down a gear because he'll try and make the right read. He'll try and make the right rotation or, you know, try and cut off a drive, but he's almost too eager to do it and gets there too soon or fumbles the ball because he's trying, because his body is moving or his mind's moving a little faster than his body is. So it's just kind of connecting those two and just slowing the game down mentally for him, I, I think would do absolute wonders. And and I, I don't think that's something that's super uncommon with freshmen. So. All right. Thank you, Tyler. Well, for I threw you the curveball, So thank you. Yeah, no. Um, my pleasure. Thank you for joining me. As we end every episode, what's the best thing you saw in the basketball world this week? You know, I I don't want to talk about this too long. I'm not going to do college. NBA, um, the Grizzlies finally coming together with all their draft picks and how they've built through the draft has just been so mm-hmm. awesome. And John Morant's becoming, you know, a superstar. And um, I know your boys, your Minnesota Timberwolves are playing in the night, but uh it's just been cool to see all of a sudden we kept waiting for the Grizzlies to click and all of a sudden they're just rolling. I mean, they won 10 games straight. So that's the best thing I've seen. Totally agree. They're, they're probably the most fun thing going on in the NBA right now, but Tyler, thank you so much for joining me. Please plug away, tell the people where they can find you and how, and what they can do to help support you. Um, I'm at backcourt violation, which is at backcourt view on social media, but more importantly, I am at no ceilings with all of these fun guys, no ceilings.substack.com. Um, me and Tyler have been doing some stuff on our YouTube channel at no ceilings TV. So make sure you guys are checking that out as well and subscribing. And thank you, Ty, for having me on. I always like doing this and 
Um, I still regret not taking AJ Griffin early, but you know, I hope Rockets fans won't come after me in the middle of my nightmares. So appreciate it. <laughs> well, once again, I'm your host, Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. And like Tyler said, subscribe to everything no ceilings please it's all free no ceilings.substack.com no ceilings tv on youtube no ceilings nba on twitter it's all free it gets delivered directly to your inbox there's no excuse not to subscribe so please help support us and do that if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to subscribe leave a review and a five-star rating until next time see you